welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Turning to our Bible reading this morning and it's from John chapter 12. John chapter 12 verse 1. Have you got your Bibles uh, Follow in your Bibles or your devices, it's on the screen otherwise. And this is the account of Jesus being anointed at Bethany, and it will all make sense now. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor, Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Martha served, then Mary took about a pint of perfume. Martha served, Mary took about a pint of perfume. We've been here before, haven't we? The home of Mary and Martha in Bethany. Um, Martha was in the kitchen then, and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, and it went wrong. Have you ever been to a social occasion which is meant to be really nice, uh, a family gathering or something, and, and... the tension rises. Somebody says something. Something is done, and all of a sudden, the atmosphere in the room changes. Resentments, anger, family members lose their temper, and others look on in embarrassment. Has that ever happened to any of you? No, no, okay, great. I, you know, I'll just talk to myself here then. Uh, But this time, this time in Bethany at the house of Mary and Martha, it's not just Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. No, no, it's much, much worse. This time, she takes a half pint of perfume. She pours it over Jesus' feet. She undoes her hair, and she wipes Jesus' feet with it. This redefines, in the culture of its time, awkward, awkward. Where do you go? Where do you look? What are, what are people thinking? And all sorts of thoughts must have been flying around that room. This is so, so inappropriate. And, and it's not just perfume. 
Not just perfume, it's not just Dior or Gucci or Giorgio Armani or Calvin Klein or Dolce and Gabbana. I've been doing my research. Uh, all these perfumes uh, can be really expensive, and even small amounts can cost a great deal of money. And, and to my mind, in my, um, what I, little I know about perfume, it is summed up by Chanel. Chanel number five. It's probably my age. Chanel number five. Isn't that the perfume? The marketing people have obviously done a really good job on me. But I, I looked up the cost of Chanel number five on the internet, and uh, for 15 milliliters, 15 millimeters, um, is, that, is that a teaspoon? That's five milliliters, isn't it? So it's, it, it's, it's a small amount. For 15 millimeters for the extract, the pure perfume, the most concentrated, most expensive form of perfume, it's 180 pounds for 15 milliliters. That's expensive, isn't it? You're all wearing your Chanel number no. five, ladies. But this pales into insignificance with what is revealed about this nod. So it's Judas. Um, so I, it, it says this is worth a year's wages. A year's wage. Now the average wage in this country is 32,000 pounds this year. 32,000. It's worth about a year's wages this half pint of nard that was poured on Jesus' feet. Special oils and spices were imported from India, combined carefully with native extracts, and it was an anointing oil. And it's Judas who comes out with it in verse 4. One of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who's later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He's got a point, hasn't he? What are you thinking at the moment? He's got a point. We've been talking about justice. That's been our length theme. We've been talking about actually seeing each other as equals and making sure people are provided for and there is justice and rightness in the world. A year's wages wasted, or were they? Got three observations and to be sure, um, commentators throughout the ages, best academics have struggled with what Jesus says. Because he goes on to say, leave her alone, Jesus replies. It was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. What's going on here? What's in this for us? I think my first observation, there's something about the attitude, Mary's attitude compared with Judas's attitude. But it's really interesting to Remember that here, the words are put on Judas's lips that the money could have been better spent elsewhere. But actually, in the other Gospels, it is all the disciples who think these thoughts. John, though, puts these words to Judas's lips. But John's Gospel, remember, is 
has at its very heart, it's a gospel of love, of God so loving the world that he sent his son, Jesus, of greater love than this laying down its life, of a new commandment I give to you to love one another. And the picture is throughout John's gospel of an extravagant, passionate God acting towards us. We, the objects of his love, giving himself. And Mary is is surely not fully recognizing the significance of what she is doing, but, but she is performing a beautiful act that Jesus receives. And it's the motive and it's the attitude, it is the heart motivation that Jesus is welcoming. And sure, it's pointing to the brokenness of the cross because Jesus says this, this ointment, this nard, was intended to anoint my body on my death. But she has performed this beautiful act. And, and it occurs to me that act justice goes deeper than words and activism. It cuts to the heart of our relationship with Jesus, and it is the attitude that so often matters. It's about a generosity of spirit that spills out towards the world to others. A teacher was asked, uh, asked a little girl a question. She said, suppose your mum baked your favorite pie, and there are four of you, brothers and sisters, there's four of you, and there's mum and dad. What part of the pie would you get? The little girl replied, a fifth. A fifth of the pie. The teacher said, ah, you don't know your fractions. But the little girl said, "Uh, you don't know your your fractions. Remember, there are six of you. But the little girl said, you don't know my mum. You don't know my mum. My mum would say she didn't want the pie. There is something about heart and attitude and about love that gives that Jesus is surely welcoming here. When, when were we last just extravagant because we were? Without counting the cost. Second observation is that, and this is really a development of what it means to love. love life is not a zero-sum game. Life is not a zero-sum game. Uh, when I worked in, in London, I could see from, from my office, or when I walked to the office, I could see two gilt images above buildings uh, that stood out for me. There's the Old Bailey, and on top of the Old Bailey was um, justice holding the scales of justice. That idea of balancing out rights and wrongs, the idea of fairness, the idea of justice being done, and it was a balance the good that we do, the bad that we do. Where do we end up on the scales? If we're really about justice, it's about right for other people and right for ourselves, but that's that sense of fairness. But then in the other direction, I could see on top of St. Paul's Cathedral, the gilt cross of Jesus. And it's the realization, looking at what God has done in Christ, the way Jesus gave himself for us. 
It's where love and justice kissed the world. They coming together on the cross of God's gift of love, which was never about scales it never could have been because we could never have paid our debt. And it was the giving of Christ. And it turns out, it turns after all, the love is the driver of all forms of justice, grace. You see, love, love, love doesn't give out. We can give it. It's not a fixed pie that can be divided into six because love, God's love never stops giving. The cross, the Holy Spirit, poured out into our hearts continuously and we can never stop giving out love. It's not a zero-sum game. And it's when we realign our hearts in such a way with God's ways that fairness and balance comes about. That's what justice is are continuously living out, looking out for the world, changing the world, those parts of it that we encounter. So we do and should give to the Disasters Emergency Committee for the situation in Ukraine. We do and should give to the New Life Band and their need that Mike told us about last week. We do give and put ourselves there, but but ultimately, it's about an attitude of the heart that God will refill and refresh by His Holy Spirit. And what we need more than anything else is the energies of God, the energies of the Holy Spirit to fill us and to well up within us so that our life isn't about our finite resources. It's the little boy with the loaves and fishes. It's the woman who's extravagantly anointing Jesus because there's always more where it came from. We're just so caught up in a finite mindset. Verse seven, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. How do we interpret that? You see, if it was a zero-sum game, this, this just doesn't make sense. There was more to come. Through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And it turns out that Mary's real offering was not the expensive perfume, but it was herself. Last, last observation, and let's go back to the home in Bethany, Mary and Martha and getting it wrong. Family words being said. It was a place of refuge for Jesus. We, we, we're shown in the Bible that Jesus spent more time at Bethany, the home of Mary and Martha, than anyone else. It was, this was as close to a place called home that Jesus had. A normal family, fallible, ordinary, flawed people lived there. To make the point, I'm going to tell a little story. Fallible, flawed people. It's about a cracked pot. A water barrier in India had two large clay pots which each hung on the end of a pole and, and the water bearer would carry water twice a day from the well to the master's house. But one of the pots was, was cracked, it was flawed. And every day the water bearer, morning and evening, would go from the well back to the master's house but the, the cracked pot would only ever deliver half its load. 
The crackpot felt really bad about this, shamed, didn't get it right. And said to the water bearer, said, I, I just feel so bad. You put in all this effort, you go to the trouble, you go to the well and back to the master's house, and I only ever deliver half a load back to the house. The water bearer felt sorry for the crackpot and said, next time we make the journey, just look back, look back and see what you can see. So the next morning the, the journey is made and the, and the crackpot looks back and uh, sees for the first time that there's uh, a row of flowers along the path. But by the time they've got to the master's house, yet again, the crackpot has lost half its load the water bearer said to the pot, did you notice this time what was behind you? And the pot said, yeah, I, I saw some flowers. But I still only, only did half of what I'm supposed to. And the water bearer said, but did you notice those flowers were only on one side of the path? I've always known about your floor. And I planted seeds along that side of the path. And every evening, I go and cut some of the flowers and take them to the master's table. Do you know, we're, we're flawed, aren't we? Mary and Martha were flawed. Lazarus was flawed. It was an ordinary home. Your home is flawed. My home is certainly flawed. We get things wrong. And on this Mother's Day, I'm just really, really conscious about mums set themselves such a high standard to get everything right. To be there in a particular way. And it's an impossible standard. And, and the thing is, you see, Jesus takes ordinary flawed people and says, I want to do a work in you. And I'm going to do that work in you. And it's about the work that I do in you that'll make you beautiful. And, and Jesus takes off flaws. And to be sure there's some work to be done, letting Jesus in and work on us. But so often it is in our family when we talk about things and we say, I'm sorry, I got that wrong, I got that wrong. And we talk about making things right and, and we're less than perfect. And do you know what, what's the inheritance that we wanna pass on to our kids? It's not that it was a perfect home. It's just that we, we, we got through this. We invited Jesus into our family life. And so often it is when we talk about our vulnerabilities, when we acknowledge our vulnerabilities, that actually God can use us. You want to share your faith with anyone, tell them about your vulnerabilities and what God has done. I'm not sure that Mary really got this right. I think Jesus loved what she'd done. And he knew there was more coming. He knew the Spirit of God was coming. And the Spirit of God can do what man and woman cannot do. And what we need, what this world needs more than anyone else is, is an army of people, of Christians, of ordinary flawed Christians, to see themselves as beautiful in God's sight. The Spirit of God to melt our hearts so we can only but be poured out and in so doing, we find that love is the, the starting point of any form of justice in the world because it begins here.
and it spills out into our daily lives. Mums especially for today, any of you have ever nurtured, especially for you today, those of you who, who as parents or aunts and uncles or grandparents, if you've ever tried to nurture, it is so often it's that flaw that you've given to Jesus that will say more, more than anything else. Leave her alone, leave him alone, Jesus replied. He was intended that today, he was intended for today. May God pour into our hearts his Holy Spirit. May be readers of the word, hearers of the word. May it soak our souls and minds. And may we leave here transformed by the, the grace of God. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.